Listen. You only think you know Cinder Williams, co-host of the PPC radio show and the Melanated Morning Show. You've seen her in films with some of the goats. You may have even heard her sing her way to the top. You don't have to judge the book by its cover. You can get the book and read it cover to cover. I'm talking about Pink Panty Confessions by Cinder Williams, available in paperback and digital format in all good bookstores. I would probably look in Amazon. Pink Panty Confessions, the book. Cinder Williams here and welcome to Season 3, Episode 23 of the PPC Podcast. I've been in the middle of some disputes lately. It amazes me how communication gets lost when negative emotions rule. And on that note, let's get on with it. One thing I've learned over the years with my many relationships, and I mean my romantic partners, my friends, my co-workers, and my child, is that communication is the key to them working. Now, so often, one person dominates when two people are arguing. One person says it all, one person holds their head down and just listens. That is not the best way to communicate. No matter how I'm feeling, if I'm feeling like I am right, There's no way I could be wrong. I have to listen to the other side. If I don't, nothing changes. Sometimes the best way to grow is to stop, listen, and hear the other side. Now, if the person that you're engaged with in this disagreement is important to you, there's nothing to it but to do it. You got to put your ego on the shelf. Well, my guest today, a musician, hip-hop OG, reality television star, and all-around entertainer, has learned that communication is a two-way street. I'll let him tell you all about it. Everybody, introducing Peter Guns. For my heater, I never really like to play a fool like that, but I love to succeed. C falls for flat, 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 flat. One, two, one, two, ladies and gentlemen, all rise for the national anthem of the world. It's Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn. They shall get your ass out to Peter Guns, welcome to the PPC podcast. I finally, I made it. I'm here. I finally you, made it. I've been you know waiting what? to do this. <laughs> because I know entertainers, I have been checking in on you and saying, Peter, don't forget, Peter, don't forget. Because I know y'all get so busy. You get so busy doing so many things, right? I, uh, absolutely. If, if you didn't text me to join right now, I was like, oh. I had to go throw on a shirt, a hat, and some shades, and come outside and light one. Uh, so today, I'm glad to have, be here. This is fun. I'm glad I'm to be here. I'm very happy to and have I'm, you. And I'm hold on. And I'm a fan. You already know that. I already explained that. Well, I'm a fan of yours too. And DJ Kid Disco, I called him up. Uh, he's going to join us today. All right, Peter. So, how we do it here is we like to dive into first and foremost your childhood, because I believe personally, at least my experience has been, 
uh, my childhood kind of informed what I did with my life, how I did it, and and how I'm growing and evolving. And um, you've done a lot of that. So can we start where you're from, your family life, all that kind of stuff? So I'm born and raised in South Bronx. Uh, I'm, I'm the eighth kid born in a family of nine. Uh, youngest boy. Our childhood, as rough as it was, you know, it was in the South Bronx. It was like a third world country back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, as rough as it was, I didn't feel it. You know, if you talk to my older siblings, they'd be like, man, it was fucked up. It was bad. But, you know, because I had all of these people shielding me from the elements, I didn't feel it. I felt like I had a great childhood. But in hindsight, killings, the, the, the poverty, we was poor. But we had a big family. It was just a lot of fun. And uh, fortunately for me, anything that I wanted, I knew my father, for some reason, as bad as things was, he found a way to make it happen. And I knew... I wanted to do music from a child. I'm a musician first. Mm-hmm. So that's the good side of it. I was, you know, playing drums and keyboards and guitars. I was a huge Prince fan before anybody knew who he was. I saw him um, on Channel 13, and there was this young kid that was playing all these instruments, and I immediately said, I can do that, and I started playing instruments. Mm-hmm. But as time went on, I had older brothers. Uh, you know those rappers in the 80s that got these glorified stories about crack and how much money they was getting i lived on the other side i had three older brothers on drugs uh crack dope um my cousin that i looked up to the woman that partially raised me all on drugs so i grew up on the other side of drugs i had you know that but uh the the flip side i would say the, the maybe a little glimmer of hope in that situation was that my mother always pointed to them and said they started with this and now look at them. So I never, I didn't take a drink. I never smoked weed. And I took a drink till I was like 26 because I saw with, with things, how, how things happened in my house. But with that being said, I was always doing music. I knew I wanted to do music. And then uh, there was this group in the neighborhood called the Cold Crush Four. And once I heard the Cold Crush Brothers rap, that changed everything. So I had, you know, the, the bottom line is my brother, one of my brothers in particular was stealing everything. So he still, my father bought me a drum set, he stole it, but you know, bought me a guitar, he stole it. So my father was like, your mother keeps letting him back in the house, I can't buy anymore. So my dreams of, of really being a musician were curved by, you know, the elements that I grew up in. So I then started um, rapping. Once I saw the Cold Crush Brothers, I, Absolutely fell in love with hip hop and it started right in my backyard, right there. So it was part of it, and that was it. And uh, you know, just from then on, you know, but again, I love my family, I love my brothers. It was rough times, but everybody's good now. Yeah. Well, and my father, we, he, you know, most of the people in my neighborhood, a lot of people in my neighborhood didn't have their dad. Right. And although my dad was Peter Guns 2.0, women and, you know, just running around, running the muck, and had a lot of kids. And, you know, he kind of, I kind of idolized him, so I kind of like you know, did the same thing. That's why I always tell fathers, my friends, and, you know, the young ones coming up, don't use the excuse to tell your kid, don't be like me. Mm-hmm. You got to set examples. I told my son, listen, don't get tattoos, you're going to regret them. I regret every tattoo I got. He went and his body up. Don't get caught with a gun in New York, they're not playing. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught. I got caught. I got locked up. He went and got caught with a gun. Yo, this rap music is up and down. It's flexing. You don't want to get in this business. Go to school. You rap. So everything you tell your kid not to do, they do. So as black men, I think you have to start setting examples so, so they could be like us and stop using that old excuse. Don't be like me. That's mm-hmm. lame. You got to start setting examples. And so I'm trying to instill that in the next generation because I didn't do the right thing you know, to set the path for that. You know, I find also that, you know, uh, at least my, what I've witnessed, what I've seen and what I've experienced myself, um, women with their fathers, they look for their dads, you know, whatever they see their dads doing, they look for men like their dads, oftentimes unconsciously, Uh, they might have issues with it, but um, they're always looking for daddy in their man. And I, I, that was my experience. And I have had a really uh, 
I haven't had the best uh, life when it comes to my relationships because I was always um, getting with men that I was trying to fix. You know what I mean? Mm. And when I realized that, you know, I couldn't fix, I can't fix anybody but myself, of course. But also the reason why I was trying to fix them was because what it was in them that I was trying to fix was the parts of my dad that I, that I saw that needed change and evolution. And he actually did uh, grow. He, I, um, he got better with his second life, his second family. And his, um, yeah, he was able to, to pull it together. Figure but, it out. But, you know, my sisters and I, we've all been struggling on, on finding, um, finding the love in ourselves and, and respect for ourselves to not try to fix someone else that's not fixable. People got to fix themselves. And and they've been good men, don't get me wrong. It's just certain things like cheating and, all, you know, a whole bunch of that stuff. You know, you, we've you know I've never met him. I've never, you know, my brothers would kill me for this shit. Ooh, my brothers get bad when I say this because they marry. But mm-hmm. I ain't met a man that never cheated. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't saying he don't exist. I just never met him. Yeah. The thing is, uh, the problem with that is when it becomes one of your loved ones. You know, my daughter came to me uh, heartbroken last year and wanted me to talk to her boyfriend like, yo, he's he been doing this and, he, and I can't sit out. He's going to be his brother. I watch him on TV. What are you talking about? You can't tell, you know. So it's one of those things. Yeah, you're right. If they, it, uh, they end up dating someone like their dad or, you know, and, uh, you know, I had, I had my Tara, don't kill me. I, Tara, I told Tara, my ki- my kids, my son's mom, yeah, your father's mad at me. He don't speak to me, but he did the same thing to your mother. And she was livid. She was like, I'm not my mother, you know? But yes, yeah, one of those things, until the shoe's on the other foot again, until it's your daughter or someone hurting someone in your family, you don't really recognize what it is you're doing. And my mother always told me, it's not lying if you're not in a relationship. You jump in these relationships and you have these babies and, you know, just be single and you're not lying, you're not cheating. And I never listened. Of course, I never listened. I never did. But yeah, it's still, I don't know, it's hard, man. Women are beautiful. It's hard. But still, mm-hmm. I still, I'm doing a lot better, but I still struggle. I can imagine. I mean, women are likely to be drawn to men, right? But men that have a, a successful career, men that appear to have it all together, um, they have fame, they have what they perceive as lots of money. They're going. They don't care if you're married. They don't care if you're with someone, even publicly. They're going to throw them panties. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna. They're gonna try. <laughs> to hook up with you because that's part of the fun for them is the challenge of taking a married man or taking taking you know getting involved with a man that that isn't or shouldn't be possibly available i don't know you know i was at a concert last night you know i'm 53 now so Mm -hmm. some of these young ladies like you like my daughter at this point in time you look you know i got and I'm not even talking about my oldest daughter. You're like my youngest daughter that's in college, you know? So mm-hmm. they'll come at you and I'm like, love, what you gonna do with a 53-year-old man with 10 kids? And you know, like really, like if I was just not on TV or anybody, would you really be, you know, oh my God, you got, you got a phone number? I'm like, what? You fucking 19, 20 years old, 21 years old at best. Yeah, they, they you would. Got, you, start, you start thinking like that. But yeah, they, 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 they um, there was a time there was a time where, you know, anybody could get it. I'm, I don't care. I'm, you know, I made a hit record. I'm, I'm doing it. But again, you start looking at these people and you start, damn, that's like my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, that's, that could be my daughter. That could be my child. You start thinking that way. And that's all. And, you know, just the reality of it. So you have to, I, I have straight, I had straight talks. Here's a true story. I never shared this story. My daughter's mom, sent my daughter to stay with me for the summer mm-hmm. she's real strict peter she's hot in the ass she's 14 don't let out of your sight stay on her this now i took a different approach she came to stay with me for the summer i'm not going to treat you like you in jail like your mother wants to i'm gonna give you freedom to roam do what you want 
this is it. I gave her a straight talk about men, about how things go down with her boys want. Let her hang out with her cousins and all of that. Let her do all, let her be free. End of the summer, sent her back. My mother calls me like a couple weeks later, said, I don't know how to tell you this, but you sent her back pregnant. Um. And abortion ain't even an option. So I told you, I told you. You know, and you should, little boy out there, she like me. And I told you she's, and yeah. So it's one of those things where you just, it it comes back. It's, you know, I, I hate to use the word karma, but it comes back at you. You know, and it's like, what could I say? Like, you know, like, what, her mother was 16 pregnant. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it comes back full circle some type of way. So I just try to tell people, yo, be careful and move differently because that shit, It'll come right back at you. So uh, it, 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 the freakiest thing that happened, my daughter dealing with this dude for years, and he's he's an asshole. He, they back and forth, and da, 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 and they. So finally, I said, "Why you keep messing with this? This dude's an asshole." Why? Yeah, he mind me of you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute. <laughs> mm. Is he trying to say that I'm an asshole? Well, first of all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to like guys like you. It's wait, true. But wait a minute, I'm, I'm confused because I was a pig. Mm. Like, I put and the thing is, it, it doesn't even have to be something they saw. I, I swear. Listen, yeah. It's personality. Personality, you know? Mm. It's just, it could be personality. Like just your personality, you're funny, whatever it is. But there's also that other side of you that you know, and it's you know it's attractive to women. They, my dad's personality, fun. You raised up. He was a lot of fun. He was there, and yeah, something attractive about that. But of course, we don't share the dark side with our daughter. But I did. But I, it was too late, and I didn't realize it. She came in, you know. Well, they already see the dark side. They already. They. They. they I. You think your kids don't see what you're doing? You you think that you think the kids don't see the sneaky shit you're doing? Listen, <laughs> they know, and they're drawn to it. You know, they're drawn. It was so funny because all the men in my life that that I've had, you know, because I'm a I'm a monogamous. Um, what are they called? Or serial monogamous. It's like I was going from relationship to relationship to relationship always relationship i never just dated or had fun or was single until now and right. and um every man i was with looked totally different acted totally different but there was always something that was sneaking there that was like ah oh, there's daddy there 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 he is again there's my dad <laughs> You know, and that's the good and the bad, you know, the good, the, the charismatic part of him, the fun part of him, the brilliant part of him, uh, you know, the womanizing part of him, the, the you know, controlling part of him, the, you know, the man that has issues with women part of him, <laughs> all of those right. things. And my father was the greatest man I know. I love him to death. I mean, your so father's much. probably in all, your father's probably in all of us. You know, yeah, probably a little yeah. dad in all of us. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, there's uh, the, again, there's it's it's the hardest thing when when they when they say Peter stop drinking, I drink a month on, month off. I just stop. Peter, you need to slow down. Stop smoking cigars. Okay, stop for a couple months. The women, it was it's it the hardest thing ever in life to stop. You know, and. It become it come, the lies, keeping up with the lies, you know. It, it's it's a it's a full time job and it's stressful and it's so yeah, at some point you just So can I ask a direct question? I, go for it. I gotta go here. Seabreeze, Seabreeze, please excuse me. You know I'm gonna get stupid, right? <laughs> go, go for it. Stupid is. Bro, I gotta ask you this. Now Okay, we're both experienced. Let's keep it real. We're both experienced hoes, right? Okay, you and I. Right. Okay. And I'm proud to say in eight years I've been married, I have as of yet to, to uh, cheat. I can honestly say that. Okay. But I watch cheaters every, 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 every 
well, not every. My wife watches this shit religiously, like every Saturday. She watches. <laughs> and and by the way, if you guys don't know, Peter is the new host of Cheaters. Okay, go on. So here's my question: You being an experienced hoe yourself, cheater or whatever, have you ever been on the set and be like, "Are you fucking serious?" What's the question? What? Have you ever just been sitting there like, have you seen anything that you thought, when you thought you had saw it all? And an episode comes along like, I, just when I thought I had seen it all. Like, how do you, how, how do you stay? Because I've seen you, sometimes you get out of character like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, I've, yeah. I've, I've seen where you'd be like, this is even too much for me. Like, like right. the one where the guy was putting his hands, he wanted to fight the chick and all that old crazy stuff. Yeah, nah, we not doing that. I don't know if you were, if you were in this scene, if you were on the episode where the girl, the guy was doing really, really good. He was taking care of everything, and she actually was cheating with a guy in a dumpster. That wasn't me, but I see stuff like that all the time. So what's the? I guess what I'm getting at is, what is the 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 one episode where you was like. I thought I had seen it all in the cheating world. Like, what the hell? Is, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, so many disgusting things. Because them choices are the hook. <laughs> but one, I would tell you this one, right? The one you was just talking about. That one for me was the realest one that I've done. So on the show, right? There's a lot of African-Americans since I've been hosting a lot of the episodes. So one of the things I be like, hey, can we get some some Latinos and some and some white people doing some cheating? Cause, I mean, because this shit's gonna backfire on me. Like, yo, bro. Yeah. And the one dude that you're talking about that was hand happy with his girl was a young brother that was a uh, he was a trainer. He was starting his own training business. So before we shot and I met with him, he gave mm -hmm. me his card and was like, I would love to train you, OG. I would love to train you. I see you work out a little bit. I would like to show you how to do it the right way. And this now, oh, you starting your own business. That's good for you, whatever, right? When we go and bust his girlfriend, she's scared to death. It's taking four and five security to hold him back from getting at her. So she's crying. So I go over to him and she's like, yo, he bust my lip. He broke my ribs before. He's hand happy. So he's still being aggressive. Now, although I'm super my whole energy towards the change. I still pull him to the side and say, yo, look, bro, a lot of young black men out there watching the show, they look up to you, you a young brother. You want to look insane on TV going at this girl like that. You, you look like, you look abusive. And she said you are. So I'm telling you, let's just close this shit out, get in the van and let's go. So I go to the producer it's like, yo, I, that's it. I can't with this dude. He's not listening to security. He, she's scared and he's acting like he wants to fight me. And I'm not playing. Didn't y'all actually so, wind up getting into with like a tussle match? Well, we didn't, he didn't check this shit out. So on the way to the van, I'm talking to him off the record, but I told y'all, hey, don't do that. It looks crazy on TV. So I told him, wrap it up. We walk into the van. So we walk into the van. I'm like, yo, bro, man, you can't, you just can't put your hands on women. It's just, it's just corny and swag. You better than that. Fuck you mean? I put my hands on men too. Mm. So I'm like, not this one. Not this one, brother. I promise you that. He said, oh, word. I said, what's up? So I go to security and that security got like a three second or four second rule. If I get into a situation, they jump right in. I went and told them 30 seconds, all I need. So we get by the van and that's when I locked, I locked out, gave them the iPad and I said, so what's up? Because the rule is once they put their hands on me, I have the right to defend myself. That's the rule of the show. I wanted to punch this dude through the van. Go watch the episode. They put it on TV. And he was like, you know what? I don't fight niggas, I shoot niggas. And I'm like, oh, but you hit girls though. You just shoot niggas, get in the van. And we got in the van at the end of the episode. That was the craziest one that I've done. Because it was like, you know, you're trying to look out for your people at one thing and then the other side of you was like, fuck him. He's hand happy. So, but that was the, that was the craziest one, the sickest ones be like you know like you said dude 
Yo, they be having sex in any, and their wife comes and say, yo, I've been trying to invite you in with us. And I'm like, God, they'd be so crazy. And it'd be a lot of women that take care of the men or the men that take care of it. It'd be the nice people that get fucked over. Yeah, you know? yeah. All right, so let me ask, so let, but all right, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Saying hold up. Oh. No, I'm saying one more and then we're going to move on. Oh, yeah, one more, one more. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's more women or men that's doing the cheating? Oh, men. In your, by in far, your experience, they, from what you, your guess, like, is it, I mean, the people. Men by far, men cheat uh, more by far. Uh, women just do it so much better. So I keep to be honest, and good answer to that question is, I will never, we'll never know. they so good with it. They get so good with it. I had a, I had a heartbreaking conversation with somebody I was in love with recently. And she came clean and told me about two dudes she slept with while we was together. Mm. And I was I was sick, like we was still together. Sick to my stomach. Hold up, you mean the time when we went to, you was, yeah, I was at the airport arguing with the nigga before I came in to meet you in the doorway. And that just went, there, and I would have never known she didn't tell me. Yeah, it's crazy this whole shit. <laughs> I've had I've had people blame uh, a couple of people say that I was cheating, and it's just so not me. You know what I mean? It's just I've been cheated on almost every single time, but I've never done that. And 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 if I did do that, which I never have, I wouldn't. You wouldn't freaking ever know, ever know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-mm. But when I go to if say say I went to somebody to with heartbreak, like say I went to my brother and said, Yo, could you believe this shit? Nobody feels sorry for me. So I'm stuck <laughs> to myself that hurt. Nobody goes, Oh, that's fucked up. They be like, bro. That's real. That is did, real. You can't take it. You can't take one or two, bro. All the shit you did. A man nah. cannot go to it be like, um nah, you're not gonna get no sympathy at all. No. It's different. What you mean it's different? It's the same. Nah, it's different. Nah, they don't want to hear that part. <laughs> never the, hear I, say, I say it's the same hurt. I agree with that. I don't disagree. We hurt the same. It's the same hurt. But it's something different. I'd be like, yo, if, yo, if our kid, if our daughter slept with the whole basketball team, or our son slept with the whole cheerleading squad, which one's worse? Did they both discuss it? No, but which one is worse? Of course. Keep it a bucket. Because of society, know which one is worse. Yeah, so but I never get nobody to admit to that. They go, nope, it's the same. I'm like, all right, whatever. All right. No, I it I know, I know. I I dated this person who had an affair with his cheerleading coach, you know? And wow. I was so freaking mad. I was so mad because I was like, that's abuse. That's abuse. Do you get mad like, at the woman? Do you ever get mad at the woman? That's that's why I was mad at at her because she was. She wrong. knew because she she knew about you. No 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 no. We weren't. This wasn't a cheating situation. This is oh. a. He was a young kid sleeping with a grown woman. Oh, I and see. he was like, "Oh no, this was, it was great." And I was like, "No, that was abuse. That was child abuse. That was." So that's another part of my childhood. I was my mother running behind my brothers and stuff when they was out there in the streets running behind one of my brothers was take me to this lady and say watch peter i have to and this lady would do all types of shit i was i was already exposed to sex eight nine years old this lady was doing shit to me and i never forget she put a hickney on me and my mother and my sisters had the flashlight saying what happened i I fell i fell i fell i I was scared of the death of her husband i'll never forget it but that's not the first time something like that's happened to me. So I was already exposed to to it. And the weird shit about it is when I started wanting it, she's like, ugh, get away from me. I think yeah, that she, she was being abused by her husband. So I guess she she wanted to be the aggressor in this situation, which I was a child. So yeah, so some of that stuff, you know, I never did the blame game. I would never want my mother to ever feel like she failed as a mother. So I never even talked about that stuff until recently. Because somebody said, you don't think that affected you as, as you know, as you grew up that you was, and I said, the one thing that I will say is that I, being active so young, started becoming a predator myself. So my 14 year old girlfriend who's not ready, I'm like, yo, if you're not doing this, then we But eventually you did tell your mother what happened. And she was in, she, yo, my mother was in sheer denial. 
that didn't that shit didn't happen Peter stop it and I think me trying to say ma yeah it did I think it was more of she didn't and I felt bad telling her because it was like she tried you know she had a lot going on she had a lot of kids and a couple of my brothers messing up so to rub that in her face on top of everything she's been to I always feel bad that I even ever told her I feel better yeah. talking to you guys about it right now my mother is she's 84 she has dementia she wouldn't even you know wouldn't bother mm-hmm. at this point she would so i don't mind talking about it but when i told her it was like it's just hurtful like on on top of all the other stuff i felt and i put him in him in you know because mm-hmm. your mother's take your mother takes blame for your for your uh like my mm-hmm. brother's on drugs my mother feel like it's her fault she failed mm-hmm. so now on top of that on top of all of that my youngest son is saying i put him in harm's way so it's just daggers that you know i wish i never even told her that and she just she she didn't want to know she definitely absolutely was like nah that didn't happen that didn't yeah my, my father like you know what did the thing. my father did the same when I, I i i had stuff when i was about five i had you know i had a bunch of stuff but around five and i didn't tell my parents until i'd been in therapy in my late 20s so they never knew and my father was you know he didn't say it to me you know, good on him, but he told other people that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah, it's too painful. Right. Um, right. He I, I ran. I ran into the, the women that used to do it. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what that. Mm-hmm. I ran into oh. the. I, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. I ran into her one time in the Bronx, and um, she just started crying and apologizing. And I was just like, yeah, I was. I said that. I, I always wanted to see you to talk to you to ask you. She was she was abused and you know I was just always this gonna sound real fucked up. I was just always grateful it was women. Right. It was women like there was like two three women that did that that was you know being inappropriate. But because of, you know I know guys that's been molested by by men and that's just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, I think it's it's that makes it even worse because of, because of the societal thing right. with it it's it's horrible if anybody abuses a child uh but but it the societal and emotional psychological damage that right. it does because of how our civilization views homosexuality it just takes it to a whole n- other um level of shame i mean i i know gay men that had that happened and that's how they be you know some some were, were born that way and some were like no i got i got raped you know by an uncle or by a cousin i absolutely believe that i absolutely believe that that's how i believe 100 but yeah mm-hmm. so but this with that being said i had you know a couple hiccups growing up but that that i had a wonderful childhood in south Bronx that prepared me for anything shit that some people would jump off the roof if they're in a bad situation you know you know it prepared me for everything you know like i wasn't scared when when it was time to go i wasn't scared when i got locked up i would you know let me not i was scared but i was it wasn't the end of the world i wasn't the end of the world when you know when financially i'm down that shit, the way i grew up prepared me for anything i could adjust to anything you know let me ask you this peter um considering you know the things that you lived through and the mistakes and the triumphs saw everything that you've done now with your children how how has that affected your fathering you know the 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 hardest the hard part is that they i have six different kids mom one of them left my first son's mom left when he was a kid so I was 17 with a baby and mom's left like two years in and he left him on me. So me and my mother had raised him. But my mother made me be a father. Like you're not going to play baseball, basketball, you're not doing none of that. You're taking him with you wherever you go. So I was already like changing diapers and doing stuff, 18 years old, taking this kid everywhere with me and doing everything. So it it bought me and him, we bonded real close, more like brothers. And then when you know, I started dancing around my kids. The good part about it is I try to be a part of all of their lives the best I can. You know, they're here, one's here, one's there, but I try to be, but no matter how good a father that that I try to be, it's still, when they spread out time, mm-hmm. being there with them, but you know, you're not there, you know? I, it, so I'm in a position where if one of my kids came back and said, yo, when I was a kid, mommy's friend, 
Mm. I wasn't there. I'm not even in some, you know, one is in LA, I'm in New York, one is in, two is in New Orleans, Charlotte, you know, so it's like time. Yeah, okay, you send money and you come see them every now and then they come flying with you, but is that really, you know, bothering? So uh, the three youngest boys I'm there with a lot because they're in New York, but it's, I mean, you know, they all say, oh, he's a great dad, but I'm sure they all have to have some sort of issues. But all you could do, man, is just do the best you can. Be there for him, talk to him. You know, I, I just try to be there the best I can. I never understood men that could just ignore their kids and uh, not do anything. Like if I have a friend that's not taking care of his kids, I can, he's not my friend. Because if you do that shit to your own flesh and blood, you don't do shit for your kids or nothing like that. I, I, what would you do to me if we was in a situation? You know what I mean? So I'd look at that. Like, like if you went for a job and they look at your resume, that's how I, that's how I look at my friends. You know, that like one time uh, I wanted to do business with somebody and he said, I'm good. I look at the people you hang with. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Those are the type of friends you have around you. I'm, I don't, want, I don't want no part like and I had to look around my circle and go oh shit mm. like you know uh, you, you you gotta switch your circle up a little bit and mm. um but yeah with the, 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 the answer to the question is just be the best you could uh you know it's, you can't change anything so just be open uh be there for them to talk to you don't judge them and I remind people all the time remember this shit that you did as a kid before you go being judgy, you know what I mean? So it's nothing they can't talk to me about. Nothing, mm -hmm. nothing, I leave it open and that's the, that's the best thing we could do. I know from personal experience, you know, with my dad, you know, we had basically three sets of kids and he, there were definitely issues, but he loved us all. And from me to you, you know, I know that that is the first and foremost thing you doing and that matters completely children are very forgiving they right. they love they want their parents they want to love their parents respect their parents and every time you you take the time and you go see your kids and you talk to your kids when i was hanging out with you you were talking to your kids then you're always talking to your kids always always and, and to me that's much better than a father that might be married to the mother, but always at work, never going to a game, never having a conversation with a kid. Those days are over, you know, yes. and engagement. Engagement is key. I'm going through something with one of my sons. Uh, my second oldest son. We're going through something right now where we haven't spoken. And I just try to tell them, like, trying to talk to you all the time and you being mad about stuff. At sometimes, right, the kids have to pick up the phone and say, hey, dad, how are you doing? Yes. I told my daughter one time when I answer the phone for you, does it bother you that I go, what do you need? What do you want? Okay, what do you need now? That don't bother you? Mm -hmm. You know, one day you said to me, dad, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And I had to go, I had to say, when's the last time you gave me a Father's Day card? A Christmas card, a Christmas card, you know, when? And she said, I don't remember because you never have. Mm -hmm. That's why you don't remember. So before you called me to scold me about something, remember that. And she started crying. And then on this, things changed up a little bit because I was, you know, it was true. But hey, what you need? Mm -hmm. I'm working what you need. I already know what's up. Mm -hmm. Could you send, you know, so you have to sometimes you have to you have to also Flip that on the kids. Like you're grown or you're getting older now. Check on dad. Make sure I'm good. Make sure you know, dad, you okay? How are you feeling today? And that's, you know, I do that with all of them at a certain age. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's you know. You sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I'm not good. Mm -hmm. Check on me too. But I try to make it where I talk to all of them uh, at the on the same day, at least once a week. Sometimes, most of the time during the week. But again, I'm going through some one of my sons. I got to fix because. Uh, it's real weird right now. Well, to me, you know, when you do say that to a child, that's loving a child because a 
loving a kid isn't always uh, hunky-dory and, and butterflies. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes loving a kid is saying, you know what, you need to to think about your actions, you know, like yeah. you did with your daughter. And that's loving them. You know, being ashamed or guilty of past whatever, past, past, past stuff, right. old stuff, is, is not going to help them being present and talking to them real like that is um you know i i don't like having to to get in my daughter's ass i don't like having to but i have to because i'm her mother and that is you know i she's an adult now but she will always be my daughter and in some form or fashion you know her actions are her responsibility but I'm going to say when she needs to think about something and if she can take it or leave it, but that's what a parent right. does. And that's well, what but you with your daughter, you and your daughter are like this, right? Mm-hmm. Always together. She leans on you. Well, not in anymore, my, but I understand. Well, what yeah, she's older. But mm-hmm. in my situation, I'm not there like that. So mm-hmm. if the mother says, hey, you need to get on her because of this and that. And I haven't been there. I haven't seen her. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. almost like, damn, the one time I speak to her, I'm I'm getting on to it, so I, try, I always pull back a little bit. But at some point, enough is enough. But I'm like, listen, man, <laughs> listen. You know, I'm I'm human, and you check on me sometime and do the right thing. Your mother called me and told me such and such, you know. So, but yeah, it's it's not it's not easy. It's not easy, but we are living in strange times, and you better hug them, love them, and and, and do the best you can. We are in strange times right now. Now that's real. <laughs> I have one one more question before we wrap it up because we we usually do a much shorter podcast, but I that's, really enjoy talking to you. And there's so much more we got. Like, haven't yeah. gotten into your music, haven't gotten into all the work you're doing right now. Uh, so we, we're going to talk about that more on the radio. Before we do, I have one question. Uh, I heard uh, your song "Do What You Do" uh, that you did with Amina and. Um, I really appreciated it. I, it, it was a, um, a song of redemption. And right. that is what I love about music and writing and poetry, anything like that is it, it is a way to, if you desire publicly share your thoughts and make other people think. And I, I feel like that song did that. And um, was that the purpose for the song or did it just happen to come out that way? No, nah, yeah, I write everything that I write and, and, and I write down. It definitely comes from personal. Most of my stuff comes from personal experiences. And at that time, I was getting killed on Love & Hip Hop. You know, people were watching it like, he's, he's a maniac. I was scared to put out music because before people even hear the song, they go, that shit is trash because, because of my image and the way I'm looking on TV. People wouldn't even give it a shot. But this particular song, I felt like I wanted to say and. The same way you embarrass people or you did them wrong publicly, apologize publicly the same way, you know. So I felt like that song was an, was an apology to her and Tara at the same time. Um, not that that fixes anything, but I wanted to do it. And it flew over a lot of people's heads. I think, you know, down the road, if people say, why you stop doing music? I never stop doing music. I, I write songs every day. But because of the image, my songs are my babies. I can't throw a song out there and people just shit on it because they don't like the way I'm portrayed or how I look on TV or, or what I'm doing. So I just keep a lot of I have so much material. But that song, thank you. That song was uh I love that song. But I knew it wasn't do shit because people were so mad at me. But yeah, it, it didn't have to. It was a personal song to Amina. Well, and I'm- anything I do with Amina, the royalties or whatever comes off of, you know, we did a Christmas song. We did a bunch of songs together. And all the money from that goes to my kids. So I told them to take that and just put it in a trust fund for them, whatever it makes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do when I do music with Amina. But yeah, that song meant a lot to me. I'm actually doing an album right now with CL Smooth. We're doing a super group, if that's what you want to call it. And I've been recording with him and that made me fall in love with hip hop all over again. It's been fun. So mm-hmm. a lot of personal stuff on that album as well. Thank you, Fad. That's that's nice. See, this is why I like you because I love you because you're asking questions that people really never ask. We talking about real stuff. Normally, when I go on, they want to know about Mina and Tara and loving hip hop, and you you covered 
different stuff, even with the music. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I appreciate you, Peter. And I cannot wait to have you on June fifteenth with Shelly Show Williams, DJ Kadisco, and I. Where we'll Let's get to go. talk more and and really dive even deeper and maybe have some comments and some questions from some folks. Uh, yes. That is June fifteenth, two to three, possibly longer if we feel like it. Um, uh, that's Wednesday on www.thegrownfolksradio.com, uh, YouTube, and Facebook Live and. Peter, thank you. Yes. Yeah. So, send me, send so me the send, send me the uh, information so I can post and tell people to tune in when we when we go I, I when we get on the radio. So. I will. All right. Well, thank you so much for for your time and your thank spirit you. and your honesty. I love that. Love love you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Left his baby mama and wife beside me Broke old niggas, so grimy No rings, no chains, no shine, no timepiece Dirty foot niggas, so sleazy though Top it off, he wanna be Stevie though Breezy, shit, take it easy though How you judge a brother from a TV show? Think I'm the first man to cheat Although getting married was a breach I never heard put hands, no physical approach My only vice is loving them both and love them the same, it's not about who you're loving the most Though they both feel they loving the ghost Instagram, Twitter, thug, bloggers, it's crazy To ridicule it means you're watching me, baby, keep watching me, baby Tara could do better true Amina could do better too Oh she can go and find a better me But I'ma wait cause I ain't trying to find a better you Busta Rhymes told me not to do this shit Sway said treat it like some movie shit Charlamagne said go and get the money cause you did it mother And you can't go and do this shit Ebro said F who don't condone that You a scumbag, Peter own it I owned it not forever though Cause black queens around the world deserve better yo Better husband, better dad A better me will make my sons become a better man And better men is what we need Not Peter Guns acting the ass on the TV screen She got the ring from me Although they tell her run from me It only makes her cling to me I love it when she sings to me That's she got the ring from me Although they tell her run from me It only makes her cling to me Cling to me Yes! Honestly, I think Peter said it all no more insight necessary. Well, that's it for another PPC podcast. I want to say thank you again to Peter Guns for his wisdom. Life will teach you that. If you want to hear more from him, join us Wednesday, June 15th on the PPC radio show on www.thegrownfolksradio.com, YouTube, and Facebook Live. That is 223, June 15th. Thank you again, DJ Kidisco, for not only joining me for the show, but also doing production and music. As always, you're killing it. God bless you all. Until next time, that's a wrap. App, 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 app,
This is Cinda, and I want to tell you about the PPC Radio Show. Every Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern, DJ Kid Disco, Shelly Shell Williams, and I sit down and talk with wonderful guests from all over the world. We talk about how to survive healing your heart and everything in between. So go to www.thegrownfolksradio.com to listen in, or you can watch us live on Facebook or YouTube. That's the PPC Radio Show from 2 to 3 Eastern. See you there. Hi, this is Cinda Williams, and I am so excited to tell you about the PPC experience. My two musician friends, Johnny Whiteside and Donald Draft Jr., decided that they wanted to put some music behind some of the excerpts from my book. So we sat down, recorded, and had such a good time. Did a little bit of singing, and we recorded a song called Never Thought. So I hope you guys go to Spotify, Apple, wherever Audible books are sold, including Audible, and check it out. That's the PPC Experience. Thank you so much.